Harbaugh want to do process. Jim Harbaugh's lawyers went to the meeting with the Big Ten. Ucha Capesta. My eyes are burning. Jim Harbaugh, guess what? He saw the evidence. Jim Harbaugh said, nah, we're good. We'll take the suspension. Quite a fraud, that Jim Harbaugh. We'll discuss that. And NBA players gone wild. Don't at me starts right now. Yeah, that's right. Yesterday, by the way, the sack attack hit. We gave you minus three on the Ravens as a five-star play, and it hit. But first, ladies and gentlemen, let's go to Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh was all bluster. He's a mountain of repellent against disease. He wants due process. Okay, fair enough. He got due process. What happened? Well, let me explain to you what happened. And this is exactly what happened. Jim Harbaugh and his lawyers, being Michigan men, were so arrogant that they thought they had all the evidence. Well, guess what? They didn't. So they walked into a meeting yesterday, and whoops, wait, what? Here's what I'm hearing. Now, have I been wrong yet? No, of course I haven't been wrong yet, because I am getting the information from people that know. Here's the deal, ladies and gentlemen. Jim Harbaugh's staff is now involved. I'm hearing the assistant coaches and maybe even family members are involved in this charade. I'm hearing, this is getting bigger, assistant coaches have deleted their Twitter. Uh, Even the biggest defenders, Chris Bayless of the Wolverine, who go to the mattresses for old Harb because Harb's their hero. Well, he's saying this ain't good, and he ain't wrong. Look, very simple. When you go to a, a meeting with lawyers and you're all blustered, You are supposed to know the answers before the question gets asked. What are the questions? Number one question, show me the evidence. Well, if you're a lawyer and you're a Michigan lawyer, I'm guessing you're probably a pretty good lawyer. You're supposed to have all of the evidence. You didn't have it. This isn't a court of law, remember. This isn't innocent until proven guilty. This isn't any of that kind of crapola. This is simply... Here's what we got. Deal with it. Show me what you got. And let's go. Well, guess what? Didn't go that way. They showed him the evidence. And Harbaugh went, oh, yeah, okay. See, you got to understand something. Like Jesus frauds on your Twitter handle, like Jesus frauds in your life, Harbaugh's the same guy. There's no difference between Harbaugh and his little sycophants. I'm going back and forth with one now that says he's a preacher. They're frauds. They're bluster. They're talk. And the more I dig into this, the more I ask people about Jim Harbaugh, the more I find out that that's who he is. Like, I'm just telling you, that's who they tell me he is. So many people have told me. Now, here's the response from Michigan, to me anyway. You're a drunk. Not a drunk? What are you talking about? Uh, maybe. Anyway, uh, your son sucks. My son got nothing to do with it. My son was good enough to play in every game uh, his last year and get a scholarship. I mean, my son's got nothing to do with it. You're only in it for clicks. No, I mean, we are the number one website for truth and honesty in the world that we're currently living in. That's where we are. That's who we are. That's what we do. So the idea that it's anything from me other than, well, you hate Harbaugh. I don't hate Harbaugh. I hate cheats. 
I mean, anybody that knows me, I've given up close to $5 million in being honest, in being uh, having integrity. I hate cheats. So stop with all the attacks, Michigan man. Stop with all the crap and just start seeing this for what it is. Your school was getting its ass beat by Ohio State. Harbaugh needed something. He changed a few members of his staff. Remember a guy named Josh Gaddis who, because he was a diversity hire, became the assistant of the year, but Harbaugh got rid of him and he's since been fired other places. Now he's got an offensive coordinator, Sharon Moore, that cries and drops F-bombs in God in the same sentence. They're all frauds. I'm trying to tell you. I See, here's what we give you that ESPN can't. We give you real insight. The African-American dudes on ESPN are never going to criticize uh, an African-American dude. We don't care. We judge people by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. The Michigan man on ESPN are not going to give you insight. They're going to defend till the death, which I don't understand because back when Indiana was cheating, I said, yeah, they're cheating. What are you talking about? Get them out of here. But that's the difference. Some of us were born with an internal compass, but that's okay. Everybody's born different. 350 million people in this world. But make no mistake about it. Don't try to change this any way possible. Harbaugh admitted it. Let's show Pete Thamel's tweet up here, will you please? Let's show it. Maybe you already showed it. I'm just now getting uh, the, the program in front of me. So let's show Pete's tweet. Statement from Michigan. This morning, the university, Coach Harbaugh, Big Ten, resolved their pending issue. The conference agreed to close its investigation. Now, I'm going to tell you something. The Big Ten Conference did not put that in their thing. They did not put that in their statement that they've closed the investigation. The university and Coach Harbaugh agreed to accept the three-game punishment. So he's admitting that he's a chief. I mean, there's no other way around this. Now, my wife made a good point. The lovely Lee Ross Dockage, LLRD we call her, she said, well, maybe Harbaugh just wants to get this out of the way, win games, don't screw the players. Maybe he does. Maybe he does. We'll give him that benefit of the doubt, but not really. We know the deal. Coach Harbaugh and the university support decided to accept this sanction to return to the focus on our student-athletes and their performance on the field. All right, good. Okay. I mean, if that's what you're going to tell us, then fine. That's what you're going to tell us. We can, we can get down with that, but we know the deal. Very simple. If this guy Stallions, who is at the center of this, acted alone, then there's no problem with him getting up in front of the investigator. This isn't a court of law. You're not going to jail. And, and clearing everybody. Look, there's no way Coach Harbaugh could have known. There's no way any of these assistants could have known. They thought I was just getting this off the sidelines. They thought I was just getting this off of the TV copy. Easy. But he didn't do that. What did he do? He ran. Not exactly a Marine-like marine -like move out of this guy Stallions, but hey, it is what it is. We live in a world of fraud when we live at Michigan. And I'm sad about it because my son had a great experience. If you want to make it about my son, fine. My son went to Michigan, scratched and clawed, and got himself into big games. In fact, he won a game for Michigan against Rutgers. He was handling the ball when Michigan was the Big Ten champs at Illinois. Played in every game, including NCAA tournament games. Going from a walkout was a captain at Michigan. So just stop with the stupid stuff. I get it. You're trying to come back at me because you're mad. But do it more creative. Somebody from Michigan, tell me and defend for me Michigan and Harbaugh's actions in this. And please don't say everybody's doing it because when I've last seen, I have not seen any other coach suspended three games for doing this. I just haven't. So this isn't hard to undercover. This is easy. But the truth of the matter, I mean, you got a Marine who was hired for his clandestine motives and they still find, found it. 
So don't tell me that. Give me the real. Let's talk real here, Michigan fans, but you can't do it. You can't do it. You just can't do it because you're so arrogant. And I don't know why. Hell, did you know Bo Schembechler never won a national championship? Did you know that? Yeah. Odd. Gene Chizik did. Bo Schembechler didn't. Just saying. Anyway, don't try to point it on something. Oh, Doc, it's dirty. I got one today. Dirty Dan, you're a drunk. Well, wait a second. I shower three times a day. No, I do. My wife will tell you. She asks me sometimes, did you murder somebody in a previous life and you're trying to wash it off? I go, no, I just like being clean. So I'm not dirty. A drunk? Yeah, I don't think so. Nah, not much. I mean, I'll have a beer or two. I like a glass of wine. If I work out, by the end of the day, a glass of wine watching Dexter is a pretty good night for me. But I don't know. I'm not exactly out there clubbing. But hey, call me whatever you want. But get rid of that and just start talking about what's real. Period. And what's real is Harbaugh has now been suspended twice in one season. He admitted yesterday that he is a cheat. That's all you need to know. And more is coming. The NCAA investigation is open. I'm hearing the Big Ten investigation is still open. And if you think Jim Harbaugh isn't anything other than a coward and will run to the NFL, you're crazy. That's coming. Eh. Speaking of cowards, I got to ask you all this question. Do you remember who that big, fat-ass, big baby Glenn, big baby Davis? Remember when he was crying on benches and acting? Speaking of frauds. Like Glenn Big Ben, Will Bynum, who played at Georgia Tech, Will Bynum's from Chicago, and, and 17 other idiots are indicted, charged and indicted. Listen to this. Def- I'm going to give you the, the – so these guys played in the NBA. All right, these geniuses played in the NBA. All right. So these guys decide that they're going to, listen to this, defraud the NBA's insurance program, thus defrauding NBA players and, listen to it, their families. So this fund and this insurance was designed to help former players. It was designed to say, all right, you know what? You guys played. We're going to give you lifetime insurance. These idiots decided that they were going to make and defraud the NBA players, former players' insurance to the tune of $5 million. Now, guilty on all these charges, healthcare fraud, wire fraud, conspiracy to make false claims, conspiracy to commit healthcare and wire fraud. Each of these two idiots faces up to 20 years in prison. There's already a clown going with 12, Terrence Williams. Terrence Williams is a former NBA player. He's already, already, ladies and gentlemen, he's already doing 12 years. How about that? How about that? Yeah. It's unbelievable. It really is when you think about it. So you're just going to be a fat-ass, nondescript, uneducated clown like Big Baby. And then you're going to be involved with Will Bynum, who can't be any smarter. So these idiots, along with 17 other people, 20 total people have been charged, including uh, this other clown named Terrence Williams. These idiots are going to go and defraud their own people. Their own people being NBA players and their families. These geniuses decided that's what they're going to do. So not only did they get tried, not only did they get indicted, not only did they get charged, I work backwards, but the big one, all found guilty. I hope these clowns go to jail for a long time. Now, you got to understand, they're diverse guys. They may get off easy. We've seen it happen. But I don't think so. 
I don't think so in this case. Fake insurance claims. These dudes made millions playing in the NBA. These dudes could not have made millions doing anything other than playing in the NBA. And it's like, you know what, the idiots, what show was it where they decided to, oh, I don't know, steal the ATM. Was it Friday? I can't remember. But they maybe it was Barbershop. I don't know. But they stole the ATM. And I think it was that guy Anderson. Funny as hell. And it's like two dudes that are so stupid as thieves that you can't get any dumber until Big Baby and Will Bytham showed up. Man, oh man, oh man. It's like, what are you doing? But that's the world that we live in. We decided we're going to be NBA players, make millions, but it's not enough. Now, Terrence Williams, who was selected 11th overall in the 2020, excuse me, 2009 draft, admitted to being the ringleader. He admitted to being the ringleader. Hey, I'm going to follow the high school educated, nondescript moron named Terrence Williams. Man, you know, Terrence has got it figured out. Yeah, we're going to get some money. Yeah, really? Oh, okay. So this clown's already doing 12 years. 12 years. A dozen, over a dozen former, we got the article tail here, over a dozen former NBA players were charged in 2021. How about that? Earlier this year, Terrence Williams, the 11th overall pick. So he made millions with his high school GED. Maybe he didn't have that. I don't know. And he can't just figure out how to invest it how to save it, and that's not even the ancillary money that you get from, like, bubblegum cards. Hell, the meal money in the NBA is enough to last you for a year or pay your mortgage, but this idiot decided that, hey, look, I'm going to be the ringleader. Hey, man, Terrence Williams wants us over at the crib so we can figure out how to steal money from the insurance of NBA players. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the level of stupid that sat in that room when a dozen NBA players got around and decided to steal money from the NBA pension, the stupid would explode through the windows. Like the entire place would implode with stupid. Hey, man, we got big baby here. Yeah, we'll bite him here. Terrence Williams here. Oh, all right, man, this is going to go good. Uh, I hate when people do that. While many of the more than 20 defendants Convicted in the case for well-known NBA stars. Their conduct was otherwise a typical fraudulent scheme. You could go ahead and put that up. To defraud the NBA health care plan, it's unbelievable. Go ahead and put that there. Yeah, there it is. This is from Manhattan U.S. Attorney Damian Williams. Oh, Damian will let him off. You know he will. Damian wants to be part of the, you know, let's go to the club crowd like NBA media. Uh, their conduct was otherwise a typical fraudulent scheme designed to defraud the NBA's health care plan and net the defendants over $5 million in illicit profits. Today's convictions exemplifies that despite notoriety or success in sports or any other field, no one is exempt from criminal charges if they engage in fraud. Well, I mean, of course, except for our president. And, of course, except for Hunter Biden. And, of course, uh, Pelosi. We're not going to get her. And, of course, all these other cars. I mean, look, we get it, Manhattan U.S. Attorney Damian Williams. We get it. You got a nice suit on, and you're pumping your chest. But, hey, what about Hunter Biden? I'm going to go, what about Trump on you? What about Hunter Biden? Nothing? Zero zip? Nothing? Hey, what about uh, Joe Biden? Huh? Zip? Zero? Nothing? Oh, okay. 
Hey, if you say so, baby, let's do it. But I love the fact that NBA players are so incredibly stupid that they thought they – can you imagine – I just want you to close your eyes. I used to tell this to players when they acted like idiots. I can only imagine the stupid that was in that room when you all decided that you weren't going to go to class. I can only imagine the idiocy. You know what I mean? I can only imagine. It's unbelievable. But, hey, look what. Guess what? Away we go, ladies and gentlemen. Away we go. All right, this is sad, man. This might be the saddest thing, but I'm not surprised. I mean, look, if I were in charge of the United States, I would tell certain people, you're gone. You're out. I know we have free speech. I know I'd get attacked. I know people would claim racism and everything else, and that's fine. Claim whatever you'd like. But anybody that goes on any type of forum and talks about Osama bin Laden as being someone that we should celebrate, I'm kicking him out of the country. Now, you may not, but I'm kicking him out of the country. It is amazing to me that we have idiots. We have some young Americans on TikTok sympathizing with Osama bin Laden and his letter to America, which he wrote after the 9-11 attacks. Let's hear from some idiots on TikTok. And actually, before you even read the letter, I did want to mention... In reading the letter, I could only think of this tweet that I saw the other day. Under settler colonialism, any kind of resistance is branded as terrorist because the only acceptable violence is violence by the occupier. So please keep that in mind when reading the letter. Um, we really need to stop paying taxes because they ain't doing nothing but messing up everybody else. And, and America is the bully. And it's sad because they have brainwashed us to think that we was the best country in the plan on the planet. When in reality, we're the worst country in the planet. It is just insane because this letter is so well written and so reasonably structured um, in an argument. Like you got to present your findings. You got to, you know, you got to state your cause, all of that. Like everything he said was valid. I'm valid. Look, hey, sister, brother, just go. Uh, no problem. Just go, go, go. See how it is to live in Afghanistan. See how it is to live around uh, about uh, some idiot. You know, when uh, it's just valid. Hey, yo, man. I mean, shut up. I mean, God, I, I'm not even spending any more time on it. People are idiots. TikTokers are morons. And at the end of the day, I don't care. Like, I, I don't care. Some little blonde, white, I don't know, white girl, black girl, whatever. Some blonde moron. It's like valid. Oh my God, our country's so bad. Uh, it is what we've told you. The morons aren't winning yet, but the morons are coming. So if, you know, hey man, like this is the worst country. Shut up. Um, go live in Afghanistan. Take a swing. Take a swing. Take your 10 cent education, your entitlement, and go see if that flies in Spain or if that flies in Morocco, if that flies in Belgium, or if that flies. Take a swing. Go somewhere and figure it out and see what happens. I mean, hey, I get it. You're mad. You're angry. You know, George Floyd, yay rah. Uh, but, hey, let's be honest. Let's just totally be honest here. Just go. You don't like the country. Ain't no problem. Go. And I respect your free speech, but I also respect my free speech to say you're idiots and I've already wasted way too much time on you. All right, Deion Sanders, now you're pissing me off. 
Hey, Sack, I'm just going to tell you, he's pissing me off. Colorado plays tonight. Now, I have a friend whose son is committed to go play at Colorado. Deion Sanders is full of crap. I mean, Deion Sanders can kiss my ass. He's whining about coaches sabotaging him. Just shut up. Just shut the living hell up. Hey, look, I get it. Folks in the media, particularly if it's a white coach, are going to say they're racist against you. But you and I both know that's crap. Of course, coaches, recruiting is a dirty game. Of course, coaches are going to talk about you potentially leaving. What's wrong with you? Don't you understand that? Are you that freaking smug? Look, I get it. You want to put it out there. I get it. You got to put it out there. But I got to tell you, it's the way the world works. And you ain't exactly being honest with recruits. Let's put it up. I don't talk about any other coaches or teams or staff. Yes, you do. Oh, yeah, you do. You have all year. You beat TCU and you talked about their assistant coach. Now, just because this guy says it and every black journalist is all in his pocket, every white journalist is afraid to say anything, doesn't make it true. It simply does not make it true. He talks about other staffs all the time. He and his kids have talked about other staffs for the first three games of the year, and then maybe he shut up. This staff slided me. This staff did this. These people did this. So, of course you do. Now, you can BS everybody else. Pete Thamel, Bruce Feldman, they'll all allow you to BS because they're little white dudes that are scared. I ain't scared. They're full of crap here. I don't believe in that. Yes, you do. Now, just stop lying. You're documented talking about the offensive or defensive, I can't remember, coordinator at TCU. You are. Your kids are documented talking about the staff at Nebraska. Yes, you do. So just because you say it doesn't mean it's true. I'm not going to put you down so I can stand up. Oh, that's cute. I mean, okay. Yeah, oh, hey, Dion. Hey, Mel. Hey, okay. I've... Never been that type of player or person in my life. Sure you are. You did it to TCU. But all these other schools are telling these young men and their families that I'm not going to be at Colorado. Well, very simple. Hey, I am going to be at Colorado. I am not interested in any other job. I love what we're building here. People are saying that when my kids leave, I'm going to leave. I am not. I am going to be here. Period. Why? That's so hard? Why? If you don't want people spewing the truth about you or what you are allowing to be the truth, then set the truth yourself. Be the guy that says, look, I'm looking dead in the camera and all you pizza-stained fat-ass writers out there in the crowd, I am not leaving Colorado. I am not going to the NFL. I have no interest whatsoever in going to Texas A&M or any other school other than being at Colorado. I will be at Colorado after my kids are gone. Now, I don't know what else to tell you, but this is where I am going to be. My president, I love him. The athletic director gave me this wonderful opportunity. I love this school. All right. They think that we're going to be so successful that I am going to leave. Yeah, maybe they do. So they understand what we possess and the potential what we possess, but that's not true. What's not true? The potential you possess is immense. People, I would think, would be interested in whether or not. But you haven't been exactly honest, too. I mean, let's be totally honest. You've lied to recruits. I know one in particular. 
Sean Lewis was demoted. He's going to leave. Sean Lewis was the offensive coordinator. He's out of there. You've over-recruited quarterbacks. Don't even try it with me. And I ain't mad at you for doing it because, hey, look, you can never get too many good quarterbacks, but this is what you've done, Dion. And I know it as fact, not even, not a little bit as fact. I know the family. So while they're scrambling now because you aren't exactly honest with them, you are sitting telling us how honest you are. You're full of shit. I mean, let's just be honest. And I ain't mad at you for it. Hey, nothing you said there is wrong. But if you want people to stop uh, talking about you leaving, if you want to quit whining about people talking about you leaving, it's very simple, and I just did it for you. Look, I speak coach. I know coach. I speak coach. I read in between lines of coach. I speak player. I don't speak businessman. I don't know. I tried to read this thing. It hit me yesterday. I, I invested in a drug, an autism drug. I invested in it a long time ago. I thought it would be ready to be a payback when, I, uh, uh, when my daughter went to college. My daughter's been out of college for like four years. And I haven't seen a dime in this autism drug, but I get quarterly reports. I can't read the reports. I'm not smart enough. My brother invested as well. I call him. I go, hey, what does that report say? I tried to read it. He's always like, what? Just read it. I go, Tom, I tried. I can't. I'm not that smart. But I can speak coach. And very simply, if Deion Sanders is staying, all you got to do is say, I am staying. But he's left the door open. He's going to have upheaval in his staff. He has a big game tonight against Washington State, 10 o'clock. If they win that game, then maybe people will be on his, off his ass. But if they lose that game, then it's going to be no different. But see, Deion Sanders' record right now doesn't matter. Most coaches can only move because of their record. He has that, hey, we only won one game last year. We've already, already won four. And his personality is such that any school should want him. Just don't be – listen, don't watch our show because we'll call you out for being completely full of crap because you are completely full of crap with this one. Very simple. I'm not going to anywhere, anywhere, to the NFL, to Texas A&M. I don't care how much money they throw at me. I don't care what they do. That's it. That's it. I'm just saying. Mm. Period. Not going. Right here. And then talk about right here. You see, he's become a whiner. And the world doesn't like whiners. I like Dion. Stand up, Dion. I like tough guy Dion. I like D. I, Preacher Dion. I could do without because that's all fake. You know, they had the White House going in Cowboys. They were doing all kind of crap. I, I, Preacher, I don't want to hear about. All right. I don't need to hear about God. I don't need to hear about nothing. Yeah, you know, I don't need to hear that. But I do like tough guy Dion. I do like Dion that's like, hey, this is who we are. Y'all are afraid of us, and we're ready to rock and roll. We're ready to kick your ass. That's the Dion I dig. This other Dion. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, hey, uh, listen to this. A college coach has been suspended by the NCAA after two players lit up cigars in the locker room to celebrate winning a national championship. After Ferris State crushed my boy, my boy Greg Brandon, Colorado School of Mines. I like Greg Brandon. Greg Brandon was a football coach at Bowling Green. He's a great football coach. 
in the national championship game at McKinley ISD Stadium in Tejas. Two players lit up cigars, violating the smoke-free policy at the high school stadium. Division I champs such as Joe Burrow, Stetson Bennett, have smoked cigars after winning national titles with no issues arising from their program. But their games were not on high school property. Come on. You know how many kids? My dad, when he was the principal at Calumet High School, listen to this, sack man. When my dad was the principal at Calumet High School, they had a smoking lounge. They did. They had a smoking lounge at Calumet High School. They had a smoking area. Now we can't even smoke. coach in Indiana for about a minute. I would walk into Assembly Hall with a big dip in my mouth and see right there, no tobacco allowed. Shut up. NCAA, you know I love you. You know I do. But I got to trim you up. Yeah, I got the old uh, 5.0 here from Manscaped. I got to trim you up, NCAA. You're getting a little too spread out. We know why you don't punish LSU. We know why you don't punish Alabama or Georgia or any other schools that do it. They make money for you, and you got bigger fish to fry. Here you are. Hey, the coach didn't smoke the stogies. What the hell is the coach's problem? Why does the NCAA say that this is the coach's problem when the NCAA hasn't said nothing about Harbaugh being the problem? Why is it Division Three? that the coach has to know everything about what's going on in the program, and Division One doesn't know jack squat. Eh, I'll tell you why. Because I think I'm wrong about that take. I do. I think the NCAA is going to come down hard on Harbaugh while Harbaugh does what apparently Harbaugh's do. Turn tail and run. Remember Jack Harbaugh, the father? He coached one year in the MAC. One year. Got his ass kicked. He turned and ran home to Division Two at Western Kentucky, and now everybody tells me he's a legend. I scoff at that. Hey, no reason to bring the father in, but it seems like the hardballs are raised by wolves. It's cheating, 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 away we go. Eh, what are you going to do? To quote the great Bonetti, eh, what are you going to do? Hey, by the way, Jason Allen Hammer, uh, we're going to talk about Craig Council coming to the Cubs, but more importantly than this, we're going to talk about his bets. We're going to talk about what he's thinking. Also, let me tell you something. The NBA All-Star Game, the NBA All-Star Game, or Major League Baseball All-Star Game is back in Atlanta. Remember when, oh man, Rob Manford went in, all in on Black Lives Matter, that fraudulent organization? Remember when he did that, he moved the All-Star Game out of Atlanta? What a joke. What an absolute joke. Anyway, we'll be right back. We'll talk to Hammer next. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. He's a legend, ladies and gentlemen. His name is Jason Allen Hammer. It's the number one afternoon news talk show in America. Hammer and Nigel, 93.1 WIBC. He knows it all. He knows it from sports. He knows it to gambling at all. Hey, what's your take on Harbaugh and this situation at Michigan? I don't think I've asked you. It's funny to me how they're acting like they're the victims in this whole situation. 
When you listened to the school president, when you saw that emotional interview the assistant coach did after the game last week, you would have thought that Jim Harbaugh died heroically on the field and they're rallying the troops to win one for the Gipper, to win one for Harbaugh. But the fact of the matter is they broke a rule, they got caught, so maybe we just pump the brakes just a little bit on the pity party. Now, I got to be honest with you, Coach. I think there are levels to cheating. I like, There are levels of breaking the law. Stealing a car is different than murdering somebody. There's differences in the law. I think there's differences in cheating. I think what the Astros did was far more egregious than what Michigan did. But rules are rules. I didn't make the rules. The rules exist. And you guys, being Michigan, were the only ones that got caught breaking said rules. So don't cry. Don't act like you're the victims. Stop with this Michigan against the world crap. Like, maybe I'm just a bitter guy from Indiana, and I look up and see Michigan, and I look over and see Ohio. But both of those coaches wear me out. Ryan Day going after Lou Holtz, and it's Ohio against the world. And now Michigan's trying to pull the same crap. It wears me out, Coach. Yeah, I think it's akin to murder. I do. I, 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 and I think the results show it. Harbaugh was getting his brains beat out. And next thing you know, he hires this guy and they start cheating. The only thing that you can really gain an advantage on, two things. One is get better players, and people used to do that all the time. And the second is, quite frankly, what they did. You get a huge advantage uh, doing what they did. So I do think it's akin to murder. I'll disagree. We'll agree to disagree on that one. I do think there are levels, but I think this one is – look, Jim Harbaugh risked his career and his reputation to do this. It tells me it's pretty big, and he was going to be the highest paid, and maybe he still is highest paid coach in college football. But risking, and he knew exactly what he was doing, according to my sources, when he hired this guy. Risking your reputation, your future, because you're getting your ass beat by Ohio State and you got to figure it out. It's a pretty big move, and uh, I do think it is akin uh, to murder. I mean, not you, you get I, you know what I'm saying. It's not murder, right. but you, you know, right. it, it, I just it, look at this from the perspective, coach. I get it, and I look at this from the perspective as. Man, it feels like anybody with an iPhone that goes to a game, if you're really wanting to kind of learn signals and that type of thing, if you're that motivated, it probably isn't that hard. And look, rules were broken. I'm not saying anybody's innocent. I'm not. They broke the rule. They got caught. Don't cry. Uh, but, you know, I think there's a difference between having alleged wires on Jose Altuve, shocks being going down, you know, all that kind of stuff. I think that's different than learning the signals. I, that's just me. Yeah, I think it's the exact same thing. You hire a guy to do that. That's different than me going with an iPhone. You know, and you know, actually, it's not. You send it to an assistant coach. I had one time when I was first year at Bowling Green. I had the other team scouting report. One of the coaches from Central Michigan had left it on the thing, so we had every call. My assistant goes, what do you want to do with that? I said, just leave it where it was. Don't, don't, don't even – you just you, – at some point, you got to have a little integrity. And, you know, again, uh, he did it because he knew how valuable it was. And if you look at what happened, he was getting ready to get fired. They had taken his salary. Uh, and next thing you know, hires this guy. They get the signals. Oof, they're beating Ohio State. He's going to be the highest paid. So, it, it, in my opinion, it's exactly the same uh, as the Astros. i got to ask you about the All-Star game. Back in the day, Black Lives Matter, baby. We had to we had to all give in. We couldn't say a word. We had to be quiet. Uncomfortable conversations with black men and all this kind of silliness. Well, 
The All-Star Game bought in the Black Lives Matter, and they moved the All-Star Game, for whatever reason, from Atlanta. Now they're moving it back. Is that an admission of a mistake by Rob Manfred and the folks in Major League Baseball? It 100% is, and it's not enough. Rob Manford needs to look Governor Kemp of Georgia right in the face and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that we listened to that fat election-denying loser, Stacey Abrams. I'm sorry we listened to their these woke progressive sports writers around the country. I apologize for that. We were wrong. Never again will we listen to the equivalent of the Washington generals of politics, Stacey Abrams, on anything. We owe you an apology. We're going to do whatever it takes to make this all-star game a home run. And he needs to say that publicly. It's not good enough for me, coach, for him to say this privately or on a phone conversation, some sort of Zoom chat. No, 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 no. You went all in. You had Joe Biden talking about this. You had Stacey Abrams and all these little sports writers that were convinced that it was Jim Crow 2.0. Well, here we are just a few years removed. Nothing has changed. The election laws are still the same in Georgia. But magically, magically, Jim Crow 2.0 has gone away. No, this is ridiculous. And Rob Manford, this is a bold statement because there are some morons that are commissioners. The dumbest commissioner in sport. The dumbest commissioner in any sport is Rob Manford, and he owes a public apology to the governor of Florida, to the governor of Georgia, and to the people of Atlanta. Anything less than a public admission is not enough for me. Let me ask you a question about about that. Um, Why, looking back on it, why did, I know public pressure and cancel, but man, I mean, if a, in your words, fat ass like Stacey Abrams said something, everybody acquiesced to it. If some idiot woke sports writer said anything, we all acquiesced to it. Looking back, how stupid was that? Well, you got to remember, Coach, at the time, this was a country where white people were told to sit down and shut up, right? right. You said it earlier. We have to have these uncomfortable conversations. And Rob Manford was scared to death. Facts didn't matter to this guy. He just wanted to look like he was the progressive leader of the sport. He wanted people to look at him in a positive light. And he fell for the trap of thinking that if a few sports writers uh, write positive pieces on you from moving the All-Star game, they're going to be your friend moving forward. No, it's never enough. Once you bow down to the social media mob, it's never enough. They're going to keep coming back for more. And Rob Manford was too stupid to understand that. There was no reason for that all-star game to be moved from Georgia. The year that Hank Aaron passed away, mind you. Think about all of the amazing tributes they could have done in Atlanta to Hank Aaron and tied in the black community and had black businesses involved. And by moving that all-star game from Atlanta, they gave a big double-barrel middle finger to all of those people. They did it to Hank Aaron's family. They did it to businesses around Atlanta. Many of them black owned and black ran businesses. They didn't think it through. They jumped quickly to bow down to the social media mob. And the minute you do that, you lose all credibility and it's never going to be enough. I live by a mantra. No good deed goes unpunished. And it just happened to me today. I did something for a guy, and now he wants me to find guests for his show and stuff like that. Uh, No good deed goes unpunished. 
absolutely is the way I live. And it includes once you do something for a particular group that is fraudulent, it's never enough. Never, ever. Never. There wasn't enough money you could send to Black Lives Matter. There wasn't enough bullshit you could do for Black Lives Matter. It was never enough. And if we're told to have uncomfortable conversations, all right, let's have an uncomfortable conversation. Where did the money go? Where did all of the money that Black Lives Matter, the organization, where did all the money go? Because I have a pretty good idea where it went. Patrice Culler's got a few new mansions. Some of our freeloading relatives all got kickbacks. It was a scam. Even cities like Philadelphia, Chicago, and Indianapolis have all filed complaints against the fundraising, the super PAC, if you will, BLM, wondering where all the money went. So, again, you want to have uncomfortable conversations? If silence is violence and all those other stupid catchphrases, let's have the uncomfortable conversations. Where'd the money go? I'll give you another one. Who's commit? What percent of the population is committing the majority of the murders in this country? We're not allowed to have right. that conversation. We ain't allowed to have that conversation at all. I remember that guy. I think he's on Fox. Uh, hell, what's his name? He, uh, his brother's on too. I forget his name, but he wrote a book, Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. I heard him on Twitter. As soon as a guy asked him a question about the murder rate, uh, who's committing the most murders by percentage, uh, he called him a racist. So we don't yeah. really want uncomfortable conversations. We want slave you know conversations. You know who really wants to have those conversations? The folks in the black community. My friend, Reverend Charles right, Harrison, right. he's an icon in Indianapolis, walks through the neighborhoods of these troubled areas every single night with his group. And their whole mission is to be seen and to try to limit some of these, you know, near shootings and confrontations that happen in these tough communities. And when he comes on our show, he tells us the folks in the black community they want the same things as the folks in the white community. They want a safe neighborhood. They want to be left alone. Nobody likes police brutality. Nobody likes homicides. There is a middle ground there. And I think that's what's being left out of this national conversation. You've got extreme lunatics on the left. You've got extreme lunatics sometimes on the right. But I think most common sense Americans, whether you live in a very problematic part of a city, or if you live out in the suburbs in the country, you probably want the same thing. You want your kids to be safe. You want to be safe at night. And you want people to leave you alone. That's what this conversation really needs to be about. But there are folks in the black community and other communities that don't want to have that conversation. There's no question about it. A lot of posturing went on. A ton of posturing went on. Hey, let me ask you. Um, Craig Council coming to the Cubs. I don't know. They got him for basically a utility infielder. What do you think? I think it's an upgrade, man. Like, David Ross is a dude that I could sit down and have a few shots at Jameson with, and I'm sure he'd tell some awesome stories, and, like, we'd be hanging out, and we're dropping F-bombs, and we're saying inappropriate things. He seems like a good dude to hang out with. But if you watched the Chicago Cubs closely last year, he was responsible for losing a lot of games. And when you miss out on the playoffs by just a few games, that stinks. And that goes back to David Ross. I get it. He was learning on the job. Kind of a new manager thrown in the mix of this rebuilding project in Chicago. But the way he ran that lineup for the end of the season 
you got to be better than that. You can't be putting 200 hitters in three spots. You can't be having guys that are swinging hot bats at the back of the lineup when every single game matters when you're trying to backdoor your way into that final wild card race. The use of the bullpen. Now I get it. You can't turn uh, chicken crap from chicken salad, right? Cubs bullpen sucks. It's awful. But the way that he used the bullpen, the way that he was quick to pull the starters, man, any fan, anybody that watched the Cubs knows David Ross had a hard time managing that team last year. And again, players guy, good dude, but I've got a lot more faith than counsel to make the right baseball decisions. Yeah, it's got to drive David Ross nuts. I mean, just as a personal side, here's a rival. Cubs take the rival manager guy who was a really good player, uh, counsel again over a guy that was a Cubs World Series hero. It hasn't gone great. I, I was thinking about this. It hasn't gone great for 2016 Cubs. Rizzo's okay. Baez has disappeared. Addison Russell gone. Joe Madden gone. Ross gone. I haven't heard from Chris Bryant since it happened. Schwarber's batting about a buck 80, but he's hitting bombs. I guess he's doing okay. But you know what? This team that we thought was going to stay together and win a few, man, individually, Hammer Time, how much has this thing fallen apart for each of them? Yeah, it's been rough. Like, Kyle Hendricks is still hanging around. You know, he's a middle-of-the-rotation starter for the Cubs. Uh, The way that he throws, I mean – kind of the off-speed, breaking ball, change-up kind of guy, you know, he's going to be okay. He's not your frontline guy anymore. I take Schwarber as my DH. I know he bats like 180, but he also yeah. plays pretty clutch, man. I'll take the 40 home runs, the 100 yeah. RBIs, yeah. because that's not happening in the Cubs lineup right now. But maybe we're being a little too harsh on this Cubs lineup in the past. Yeah, one World Series. Okay. But how many years in a row did they make the NLCS? I think it was a three-year run right there. As a Chicago Cubs fan, growing up, if I would have told you you were going to make the NLCS three years in a row and have one ring to show for it and then stink for about five to seven years after that, would you sign up for it? I think I would. Well, I was a Cubs fan in 1969 was my first time I really, you know, maybe 68 And all of a sudden, they never made the playoffs. And then this one glorious year in 84, it was like party time Italian style, to quote uh, (laughs) Stripes. And it was the greatest. You're right. You're exactly right. The run was pretty good. You're right. I'm wrong. But, man, I thought everybody told me that uh, Hendricks, not Hendricks, uh, Bryant was going to be the next, you know, I don't know, big thing. I, I don't know. It's just one of those deals that I sit there and I look at and I go, huh. Hey, uh, last thing, because I got to ask you something political outside of sports. Man, I, I, do you think the DNC is trying to get Biden out of the way? And if so, is it for Newsom? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And it's not just for Gavin Newsom. I'm telling you right now, and I've said this for months, If Michelle Obama got a hair in her ass and said, you know what, I've changed my mind. I've changed my mind. I actually want to be the president of the United States. We're going to do the whole glass ceiling thing again. You know, woman president, female, black president. We're going to do the whole thing. We're going to package it all up. They would throw Joe Biden not off the bus. They would throw him off the bus 
run over him and then back up and run over him again if they could get Michelle Obama. And keep in mind, putting the tinfoil hat on here, the convention this year is in Chicago. It originally was supposed to be in Georgia. But for whatever reason, last minute, the DNC decided they wanted to move their convention to Chicago. And a lot of people, myself included, thought, man, that would be the moment to trot Michelle Obama out there as the conquering hero to wave to the masses and to take the reins uh, to beat the big bad orange man in the election. Keep an eye on that. But yes, Gavin Newsom is probably the second in line. Stop with the Kamala Harris nonsense because she's awful. She polls worse than Joe Biden. Like, think about this. The tandem of Biden and Kamala Harris. How would you like to be known as the drag on that ticket? And that's Kamala Harris. <laughs> Joe Biden's out here crapping his pants, using the short stairs to get onto Air Force One, speaking gibberish, uh, falling off bikes. And he's the popular one in that relationship between him and Kamala. So if they can get old man Biden out of the picture, Gavin Newsom or Michelle Obama, that's a problem for the Republicans. That's a great way to put it, man. Hey, Hammer Time, I appreciate you, my friend. Uh, prayers to your wife. Please tell her I'm thinking about her. <clears throat> Thank you, and go volunteers. I got Tennessee Vols first half plus six and a half. I'm drinking a little old smoky Ooh. moonshine here. Uh, Dolly Parton's going to be in the stands. Those big rocking country cans are going to be going. We're going to be singing, trying to give Georgia that first loss in a couple of years, Coach. Let's go. You know Old Smokey is the home of Outkick, right? On 6th and Peabody. Oh, yeah. Old Smokey's the home. Yeah. Product placement. I love Product it. Product placement right here. Yeah, I'm betting that's water. It's 10 o'clock. I'm betting that's water. Coach, rise and shine is the way we do it around here at the Hammer and Nigel Show. <laughs> you can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning, and we get after it. I love you. Tell Nigel hello, will you please? And Rob, tell the Got whole it. crew I said hello. There you go. That's my good friend, Jason Allen Hammer. I love having Hammer time on the show. 93.1 WIBC. It is the number one news talk show in afternoon drive in the country, at least according to general managers all across the country. And they're that good. They're a great, great listen. All right, let's talk some college foots with our friend Trey Wallace when we come back. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. Hey, we got a lot of college football to get to, and not only Michigan, but I am going to ask our college football insider, the best college football writer in the country, the great Trey Wallace. Trey, uh, Michigan accepts the Big Ten's penalty. What happened to all this bluster about Harbaugh wanting due process? It's, uh, I guess it all just came to a head finally uh, on Thursday, and they just decided, look, we, we don't feel like – we have enough uh, to fight this thing uh, in, in a courtroom. 
today. I mean, we, you know, we'd probably be an hour into the court proceedings if it would have happened today. Um, so, you know, you, you go back and you look at it and a few things pop up during the week, you know, that the NCAA, you know, might've uncovered or, you know, you, do they, you know, did a, were assistant coaches, you know, tied to this thing somehow they figured out. And I, and I think, you know, the long story of it is, is that, the short story of it is, is that now, you know, the Michigan, Michigan and the big 10 want to act like, okay, the big 10 investigations closed and all that stuff. Not really guys, you know, the NCAA is still looking into Michigan and they're going to pass along any findings. So I think, you know, right now, Michigan just took its punishment and it, and it is surprising, Dan, in a sense of four or five days ago, it was Michigan against the world. It was, we're going to fight this thing. I mean, you saw the statements coming out of Michigan. And for them to go through all that mess and then turn around and say, okay, we're good. We're going to let him be suspended. He's going to be suspended right. for the Ohio State game. It just, it was one of those moments you're like, what? So, you know, um, I, I do think what happened last Friday is when they filed the motion in court late Friday night, I do not think, Dan, that Michigan and Jim Harbaugh were expecting the Big Ten and Tony Petiti to hire a law firm or hire a lawyer within that small town outside of Ann Arbor to object to their motion. And that's why I think we were heading to a, a, a court hearing today. Um, so they didn't expect it. Now we sit here and he's suspended for the three games. <laughs> unbelievable. Hey, uh, you, you and I were talking about Georgia. I'm thinking Georgia made a statement. I'm not really big on statement wins. I think games are organic. But, man, there was a lot of talk about Old Miss. Now Georgia goes into that Neyland magic, right? A lot of people know that Knoxville can be a death trap for good teams. Georgia looks pretty good. What do you think is going to happen in that game? And does it really matter right now? I, I say this all the time, and then I'm going to shut up. I, look, Georgia's number one. Alabama's around it. Michigan, Ohio State—they're you know—they're all going to play each other. So ultimately, does it really matter who is where as we head towards the college football playoff? I think I think the biggest thing here is is for Georgia's sake, don't lose this game at Tennessee and then get beaten by Alabama in the SEC title game. Like that's where the arguments are going to start flying in. Okay, you don't deserve to be in here. here. Here, if Georgia gets by Tennessee tomorrow at Neyland Stadium in Knoxville, Tennessee, then if they lose that SEC title game to Alabama, Dan, then you have the argument. Then you have the argument of a one-loss team. You know, can Georgia somehow sneak two teams in? And would that be Georgia or Alabama, even though Alabama would have won the title game? You know what I mean? Like, that's where your argument starts. So tomorrow is a big deal in the sense of, Georgia can't slip up because they could catch that second loss in Atlanta in what two weeks. So that's why tomorrow is, is look, Georgia's going to come out. They're going to play strong defensively. Like we've seen, we saw what they did against Ole Miss last week. Tennessee's going to try to establish some kind of running game and they're going to test Georgia deep in the secondary. I don't think that this will be the same Tennessee team that you saw last weekend against Missouri that got destroyed. I think you'll see a more, focused uh maybe excited football team that's actually going to play some some decent ball but overall man george is just george is damn good you put brock bowers out there with carson beck you got lad mcconkey 
this is a good team, man, on offense. And and I just feel like tomorrow I think Tennessee keeps it close for a while. And then I think Georgia pulls away at the end, probably wins by, you know, seven, ten points uh in, in the fourth quarter. But I do think it's a better game than what people are expecting. Based on right now and the rankings, and I'm gonna include anybody that you want to include, who do you think? is the most likely to be in the college football playoffs. Oh, man. Okay, so we're talking after title games and all that good stuff, right? After conference championships? I'm saying right now, right now, right based now. on what these teams have bef- uh, in front of them. I think that Washington would beat Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game, so probably gets them in. So you look at three – so, okay – so I think it's going to be Georgia. I think it's going to be uh, Ohio State. I think it's going to be Florida State. And then I think it's going to be either Oregon or Washington, um, in, in my opinion. I think Michigan gets I think Michigan gets gets beat uh sometime in the next three weeks. I think I think it could catch up with them. I know that they're a really good football team, but not having Harbaugh on the sidelines against Ohio State, like a lot of people try not to make that big of a deal of it. But you got to think, man, these young kids, these young men uh, have gone through a lot of outside noise over the last month. Does it finally catch up to them against the Buckeyes and Marvin Harrison Jr.? You know, that that's something that I worry about. So, you know, that's that's my four right now. Uh, and look, if, if Michigan wins but this who darn do you thing. Think- yeah. Who do you think is the most likely, right? Like, I think Florida State's the most likely because of what's ahead of them. I think all these other teams, they got a lot of stuff they got to do. I think Florida, Florida State's got the easiest road to making it. Right? Florida State's in. I think Florida State, we look at it right now, they're right. in. That's a that's a strong yeah. team. I, I think that I think that if if really breaking down, I think Georgia's in. Okay, so there's your two teams I think are definitely in right now at the moment. I think that it, it's yeah. going to come down to that Ohio State, Michigan, how they finish the season, who takes that third spot. And then if it, 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 I think it's going to be it, Oregon in there, I think Oregon will beat Washington in the rematch if they play in the Pac 12 title game. And then you'll have Oregon, and there's your four. Florida State is a dangerous team, Dan. And, and a lot of people want to look at it like, okay, over in the ACC, we don't see them that much in the primetime games and whatnot, but they have quietly just gone about their business all year. You got a damn good quarterback in Jordan Travis. You got a wide receiver in Keon Coleman that will tear you up down the field. Defense, this is a good football team, so they're definitely in in my book. That's what I say. I, I just think, you know, everybody else got to play, you know, really good teams twice, right? I mean, right. you know, maybe the winner of Michigan-Ohio State doesn't have to. I don't know what it will be in a Big Ten championship game. But everybody else, you know, it, 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 Georgia got to play, you know, good teams twice, and that's not easy to do. Hey, I got to ask you, Deion Sanders and some of these coaches could simply say, I ain't leaving Colorado, period. Uh, no one seems to be saying that, including Dabo Sweeney. Is Texas A&M the kind of job that Dabo Sweeney would leave to go for, that Deion Sanders would leave to go for? I think you would see more of Dabo at A&M than you would Deion. Deion Sanders really? still got a lot to prove uh, as a coach. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, I don't see a jump from – 
Jackson State to Colorado for a year and then to Texas A&M, um, you know, a year later. So I, I think it's, look, if, if somebody is looking for a change of scenery in college football, and we all know Dabo Sweeney can coach. We know he can recruit. He's been iffy on the transfer portal, but you know what? He'll, he'll awake to that sometime soon. I think if there's somebody that's like, man, you know what? I'm young enough. I can do this for another 15 years. Where do I want to go? Do I want to reset? Do I want to stay in Clemson for this long? I, I, I think it's, you know, it's always been Dan down here in the South and you get it too, buddy that uh, when Nick Saban retires, who's going to take over for Nick Saban? A lot of people always thought that would probably be Dabo Sweeney. I think we're at a time right now, if 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 Saban has, you know, three more years left in him, I, I don't know, I'm speculating here. Um, you've got to jump on these good jobs while they're available. And Texas A&M is a damn strong job. And you can go in there and you can win immediately. you got to fight against your your brothers, the Longhorns. But you can win. They got the talent. So if you're looking for somebody to j- j- just reset their career, you know, it, it would be Dabo Sweeney in, in Texas A&M. But I think that list is you're going to see a bunch of names on that list uh, over the next couple weeks. And everybody just calm down because these agents know what they're doing. They're going to get some of these guys paid with extensions by floating their names out there with the job. But at the end of the day, I think A&M ends up making a splash higher compared to, I don't know, going to a lower division level um, or, you know, getting somebody in the group of five. Just realistically, splash hire certainly up here would be Dabo and Deion Sanders. That You know, it, it, you know, sometimes a guy comes out of nowhere and all of a sudden become the head coach, right? I mean, is there is – there, or, or let me ask you, who would be one or two other splash hires? Because Deion and Dabo – they would be, you know, one and one A, however you want to classify them, right? In terms of a don't, splash. And don't forget, don't forget, nobody saw Brian Kelly coming last year out of Notre Dame. Right. That just happened. He just he just took the damn job. And, uh, yeah. and nobody saw it coming. Nobody knew he was on the market. So I think I think Lincoln Riley at USC would be very interesting. Wow. His time at USC, you look at everything that's gone on there. You're losing Caleb Williams. Uh, you, you, that, it's a process out there. And the defensive-wise, is you're going to struggle. Would you jump into the SEC? Like, I know that Oklahoma knew they were coming in, but USC was a better job at the time. You know, I'm just – here's what I'm getting at. I'm getting at we could end up seeing – over the next three to four weeks, the same thing that happened with LSU, where a candidate at a school that seems stable, that's fine, that's a powerhouse, and all of a sudden you're like, you know what? I feel like something different. I want another challenge. I want to challenge Nick Saban before he retires. I want to get into the big bad SEC with all that money down there in College Station. I'm just saying it would not surprise me if we saw a big time coach make that jump and there's a number of them out there, you know, that that's the big thing. There, there, there's a number of them out there, but you know, could it happen? We're about to find out. They got the money. The boys that the boys that outkick my Knicks, Brian, Ryan, Dylan, they're talking about Dan Lanning. Why would he want to be in the big 10? He wants to go to the sec. I don't know. 
he man, it's hard to walk back when you come out and you say what he did and and and, and walk that back and then go take another job. That's why, you know, if I was right. running a consulting I firm, just don't say a damn thing when it comes to another job because Texas AM come back and offer you twelve million dollars a year and the coach in the SEC and he's gotta be like, you know what? About that statement three weeks ago, I was just kind of fooling around. So I, I Dan Lanning, yeah. look, it look, I'll be honest with you, Dan. If I had to hire a coach right now to take over Texas A&M that I know would probably get them to a national championship within four to five years, Dan Landing in Oregon. That guy knows how to recruit. He knows the South. He knows how to recruit Texas. It's going to be interesting, buddy. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, he, to me, now you're right about not talking, and that's where – you know, a lot of guys get themselves in trouble. Hell, I did it when I left and went to West Virginia. My players, when I came back, are like, I thought you weren't leaving for any job other than the Indiana job. I go, I know, but the money was too much. I go, you know, I, I don't know what to tell you. And it wasn't this kind of money, but it was life-changing to me. I get it. All right, last thing. Uh, before <laughs> and Don't before forget, Dan, you go, and don't forget, you, you uh, talked about A&M. I didn't mean to cut you off, but there could be a job in Ann Arbor, Michigan that opens up. After right. the season, right? Jim Harbaugh moved That's out. Exactly. I'm just telling the the cycle. This thing could really start turning if we get one domino to fall, and when that one domino falls, then you got to start looking at other. Like I'm just saying, there's going to be one big school out there that, that that that's going to cause things to go crazy. That's all I'm getting at. Hey, last thing: the transfer portal opens up here pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing. I don't know. A&M, they're a little bit stuck here, right? Because that school's going to get raided without a coach. Guys are already in the transfer portal. This is this is going to be like total uh, chaos, at least with A&M's program, and maybe with Michigan's program if what happens happens. I mean, so right now, the right now these players can leave. Uh, they have thirty days when yeah. the coach is fired to hit into the transfer portal. Don't forget that goes right. for Mississippi State as well. Um, as they decide if they want to bring back Dan Mullen or not <laughs> down there in Starkville. Um, but I, I think that the transfer portal wise, yes. Yeah, so it's going to open championship weekend. Uh, it's going to open that Sunday right after all the title games are over. So officially the transfer portal will open. I think, you know, maybe if folks aren't following too much and, and I understand that for Texas A&M players and for Mississippi state players, um, they have 30 days so their transfer portal window, they actually get an extra amount of time. You get your 30 days when your coach is fired, which starts immediately. So Texas A&M players could start looking around this past Sunday, same for Mississippi State. And then you've got the period that opens from December uh, December 5th for 30 days. So it's it's going to be crazy. You're going to see teams that are going to get raided. Um, they're, they're Colorado watch for Deion Sanders. He's going to go try and get some big names out of the portal and poach some from other schools. And I agree, Texas A&M, just as much as they had a really, really good recruiting class two years ago, I think that you're going to see a lot of those players probably try to move on, especially if they don't like the coach as well. So, you know, that's the other thing too, Dan, it never stops, bro. Like, we've got college football, we've got title games, we've got the regular season. Oh, and then, by the way, there's going to be a bunch of star players that are going to be transferring out looking for that money. So, it's going to be a wild month. Yeah, it is. Appreciate you, my friend. Thanks, Trey. Have a good time in Knoxville at the game.
Appreciate it, Dan. Have a great weekend, brother. Yes, sir. Check out the Trey Wallace podcast right here on Outkick for the latest and best guests in college football. No, look, hey, a lot of this stuff's going to happen. Do you remember Angel Reese? Angel Reese, you know, she talked about how ghetto she was. She's the little girl that led LSU to the national championship last year. Well, LSU women's basketball is a mess. Angel Reese, she did all this and acted like a complete dumbass. And we couldn't say anything because she's African-American, but I'll say it. She was a complete dumbass. And then, of course, every organization couldn't wait to put her on the cover, make her woman of the year, blah, 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 blah. Well, she's being an idiot. And we got all kind of crap going on with LSU women's basketball. Now, let me, let me hear. Here's the deal. Reese's agent, huh? Her agent had to speak because Angel Reese got benched in the second half, didn't play the entire second half of a game against Kent State. Now, I got to tell you, Angel Reese had 13 and 8 in the first half of this game. But Angel Reese has apparently been a complete diva pain in the ass. And mommies are getting involved. Now, look, C.J. Gund at Indiana. Tell your daddy, Christopher, shut up on social media. Just shut up. It never ends well. Never. See, college football or college women's basketball fans are mad they don't get much coverage. Now they're mad because they're covering Angel Reese. Listen to this. Bad grammar is involved here. I would say this again. Bad grammar. I'm going to follow this. This is from an OutKick article. Reese's mother, Angel Reb Weiss, criticized an LSU player. Now, I don't know. Flew Jay Johnson for poor word usage on Instagram. And Johnson's mommy, Kia Brooks, responded to Angel Reese's mommy. Only women's sports can have this stuff. Between the lesbian stuff and this stuff, only women's sports can have it. You definitely know about grammar errors when your daughter got a 2.0 or less grade point average, the parent said. Stop being petty, fake, and hateful and take responsibility for you and your daughter's actions. That's Johnson's mother talking about Reese. So the ghetto girl, as she calls herself, who is all the rage, couldn't handle success. What? Neither could Clarissa Thompson. I'll get into that in a minute. Neither Reese nor Johnson responded to dueling mothers. We got dueling mothers. But former LSU player Jasmine Carson came off the bench to join the fray. She played last year. Y'all better hope I don't say nothing, said Carson. But that was soon deleted. Now another player, Alexis Morris, checked in at the X scores table, X being Twitter. She may have delivered the best advice to the parents and young adults. She tried to say, can we just get all get along? But she said, can we just all get along? Yeah, I don't know. No. Those comments were removed. Or maybe she meant to say, can't we just all get along? Yeah. So Mulkey says, well, you know what? I ain't dealing with it. Hey, buddy. I've been doing this for 40 years. Yeah, well, you ain't never had nothing like this. I'm telling you, between the lesbian stuff and the petty stuff, women's sports is awesome. It, like, for years, players were having the sex with, with uh, coaches 
in women's uh, athletics for years. Everybody get mad at me for saying it, but that's what was happening for years. Lee took over for a coach that was doing it with a shortstop. Now, come on. What are we doing here? Man, oh, man, I'm telling you. Hey, you want to be covered or do you want you want equal but special? What do you want? But Angel Reese, who didn't see this coming? And don't get me started about Clarissa Thompson. So Clarissa Thompson, I think she works for Fox. I don't know who she was. was a really nice lady. But I, last time I talked to her, it was she was dating Jay Will. We were at ESPN. Hey, buddy, how you doing? She was an idiot. And I could tell that her little bit of fame went to her head. When she was at Big Ten Network, I tried to get Dan Steer at ESPN, my boss, to hire Clarissa Thompson. Well, Clarissa Thompson said the private stuff out loud that, well, we've always known. Sideline reporter Clarissa Thompson admitted to making stuff up, making reports up. Now, I wait for the Indy star, Greg Doyle and Dana Hunziger, Bimbo or Bimbo or whatever the hell her name is. I wait for her to admit that she makes stuff up because they do. They just make stuff up. Clarissa Thompson is getting crushed for this. I am very happy that I worked with pros. Sam Ponder, pro. Allison Williams, pro. Molly McGrath, pro. Chris Budden, pro. There's a girl named Angel who's on ESPN now, total non-pro, total ridiculous human being. But that's all right. You got to have all kinds. But the truth of the matter is uh, Clarissa Thompson is now getting crushed. I mean crushed. And awful announcing the most liberal of websites had a tight lost touch with the context, history, and privilege of being a sideline reporter. That's exactly right. But what Clarissa Thompson really did was Clarissa Thompson, who said she made up reports during a podcast that she and Aaron Andrews do, she thought she was one of the cool kids now. She thought she was above it. She thought she was Charles Barkley. Somebody had told her that she's so important. $700,000 a year is what I'm hearing she's making. She thought she was a cool kid. And that's what happens. You see it all the time. I remember telling, hey, don't they ever think you're the cool kid? Just do your thing. Seriously. Just do your thing. You got to get her off TV. She was on last night. Uh, you know, and now it's, Clarissa Thompson is reporting that actor Bruce Wayne has tapped to play Spider-Man in the next Marvel movie. It's really funny. But, you know, she's a hot little blonde girl, so she'll stay in there. Uh, she's woke, blah, 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 blah. But you can't say we're making up reports and be taken seriously as a journalist. And I don't know that anybody ever took herself seriously as a journalist, but she did. I need Clarissa Thompson out here fabricating stories about Otani meeting with any team not from Boston. It's pretty funny. Yeah, it's really funny. And these sideline reporters, man, hey, you mess with women, women will kill you. You think guys are bad? You think guys are petty? Women will crush your soul. Shocked, disappointed, disgusted, what we heard today, calling all sideline reporters into question. My job is an honor, a privilege, and a craft, Lisa Salter said. Trust and credibility, they mean everything to a journalist. To violate either one in any way not only makes a mockery of the profession, but a disservice to players, coaches, and more importantly, the fans, my friend Molly McGrath, young reporters, this is not normal or ethical. Coaches and players trust us with sensitive information, and if they know you're dishonest and don't take your role seriously, you've lost 
all trust and credibility. Tracy Wolfson, this is absolutely not okay. Not the norm and upsetting on so many levels. I hate that so many levels. That's just crap. That doesn't mean anything. Shut up, Tracy Wolfson. You're a very nice lady, but stop with the levels. Just say what you mean and mean what you say. So many, it's just so many levels. Shut up. I take my job very seriously. I hold myself accountable. I build trust with coaches and never make something up. I know my fellow reporters do the same. Here's what you got to understand. Coaches think that it's frivolous and silly to talk to a sideline reporter. I'm sorry. They just do. Now, you can say it, uh, they just do. Okay? And you see it all the time. If coaches could really tell you what they think, it would be on a – Coach, blah, blah, blah. Hey, look, lady, you're an idiot. Or guy, because there's guy side of the report. Let's leave me alone. I'm just trying to coach a game. And I get I got to talk to you. But I remember I had to talk to Aaron Andrews. And it was all I could do after we beat Ohio State on Super Tuesday when I was a coach at Indiana. I had to listen because Aaron Andrews thought she had become the it girl, the cool girl. And I'm an Indiana basketball fanatic. And I had to sit there one time against Michigan State in Assembly Hall and listen to Aaron Andrews talk about how bad Bob Knight was. Aaron Andrews didn't know Bob Knight from a glass of wax. Aaron Andrews didn't know squat. Nothing. Zip. And instead, Samson was there, and you know, instead of being a jackass, I just walked away. And I remember after we beat her, and she's standing there with her big heels and her, you know, whatever, and I got to talk to this idiot. And I'm sitting there going, what do I do here? And I thought, ah, just get through it. We won a game. Just get through it. So I'm like, and she asked me a stupid question. I'm like, well, you know, I've been doing this for 10 years. I've been a head coach for 10 years. This ain't my first rodeo. But I remember thinking, boy, if I could really say, because I had a, because Aaron Andrews became a complete pain in the ass at ESPN to those that she worked with. And I got to tell you, when I sat there and listened to her talk about Bob Knight, it was all I could do because I can rip someone pretty good. But I chose to walk away. And then when I did the interview, I'm like, all right, I'm not going to cause a stink. This girl's a clown. She thinks she's something. And I got to, well, never mind. Anyway, what are you going to do? So I'm glad I did that. But, you know, I get it. Everybody takes their job seriously. And I did work profession with professionals. Sam Ponder was great. Allison Williams, fantastic. Molly McGrath, wonderful. Chris Budden, terrific. All fun. All great. Did their job. Fantastic. So there you go. But man, Clarissa Thompson, getting by as the hot girl, thinking you're cool. Hmm, that may be over. We'll be right back with our friend, Joe Kinsey, screen caps. That means hot women, fast cars, and good eats. Ha! We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the last half hour of what has been a glorious week. We thank you for everything that you have done for us. The YouTube chat is just absolutely exploding today. Uh, But we got Joe Kinsey because, well, it's the last half hour of the week, and we want you to see pretty girls, fast cars, and good eats. Hey, Joe, before we get into hot women, Instagram models, good eats, and all the rest, you're wearing your Ohio State hat with pride. 
Michigan uh, does what Michigan does. They backed out. They backed out in 2020 playing Ohio State, and they're backing out of a Big Ten investigation. I smell fraud here. What are you smelling? Dan, as the founder of Outkick.com once said, don't be a pussy, Dan. Don't be a pussy. And Michigan went ahead and was a giant pussy this week. Uh, I'll just say it. I know it's I know it's rough to say, but it, this isn't radio. We're allowed to say it. Uh, DBAP, that was the big message this week. And Michigan went ahead and said, you know what? We don't want any of the court system. Due process and all this. Nah, we're going to back out. It's a mess for Michigan. You see it, Dan. Dan, by the way, you called it. You're the only national guy that I know of that really went after Harbaugh like you did. And it was refreshing to see you call it as it is. And I'm not even kissing your ass today, Dan. I just know that you were all over this and you were the honest voice on all this. Well, I got good sources. I do. I got really good sources. I, you know, some just having been a coach and uh, being kind of the Winston Wolf of coaches, people would come to me, high profile coaches would come to me to help them with certain situations. I don't know how I got the reputation, but I did. I still do. I had a coach call me the other day. Uh, I can speak coach. I can speak player, but I can't speak anything else. But, you know, it is what it is. Hey, I want to get your take on this. Uh, Urban Meyer does a, does a show on Big Ten Network with Jerry DiNardo where basically Urban goes through football and different topics. And one of the things that he said was, look, it would be devastating almost to the point of, ugh, for Ryan Day, if you are the Ohio State coach and you can't beat an interim coach and you lose to Michigan a third time, yep. it would be devastating, wouldn't it? This is, this is a pucker-up time for Ryan Day, no? Dan, I think you can remember back to when I went off on Ryan Day after what he said about Lou Holtz after the Notre Dame game. I came on here and I destroyed Ryan Day. The Ohio State fans don't want to hear that kind of stuff, but I called it as it was then. I'll call it as it is now. You cannot lose to Sharon Moore in Michigan with a cheating Michigan scandal hanging over their heads. You should be able to go up there and beat Michigan and put this to rest with Harbaugh, and then they'll have to vacate wins. This is a do-or-die for Ryan Day. If he, if he was worried about being born on third base before this year, he better win this year or he'll never live this down. I you have agree. to fire him. Uh, let's get it. What? I think you have to fire him after he loses three in a row to Michigan. Yeah, I said really? it. Really? Yeah. Who are you going to get in there? Who are you getting in there? Uh, you could get Vrabel, Brian Hartline, those are two options right now on the table. All right. All right. Yeah. Do you think they're better options? Yes. I want to see hot women. What do you got for me? Next. Next. Dan, oh I'm going to keep Can coming back to her. Yeah. You know who it is. You've seen her now for like 10 weeks in a row that we've even talked. We've been friends for 10 weeks. Hockey goalie, Michaela Debater. She's been on like eight weeks of the 10 weeks that we've been friends. Here she is again, Dan. It's never not bikini season for this woman. You know, a couple things. She looks fake. Is she an AI model? Is she a product of AI? Dan, I've been tracking this woman scientifically since she became an Instagram <laughs> model. 
I have seen her go through all sorts of transformations. She's not AI, Dan. I have seen her stop hockey pucks, Dan. I have studied this woman. She is an actual Canadian hockey goalie who now looks AI, but she's not. I know they all look AI modelish, but this is the real deal. By the way, Dan, today's screen caps, a new hockey model could be on the horizon. Avery, I think it's Avery Myers. Uh, so keep an eye out. We could have a new hockey. Uh, I, she's like, I don't think she's a goalie. She's just a hockey player. Can you imagine, like, you, you somehow get a date with this girl and, you know, you're talking on the phone or wherever, and she's like, yeah, come to my hockey game. And she's the goalie. She's in all those pads, big sweater. And then she comes out of the locker room and all of a sudden, whoa, like that would be Christmas next. Next. All right. Uh, yeah. All so American Dan, girl. Yeah. Dan, what the, what the Cowboys cheerleaders who are, uh, you know, they'll be on the stage next Thursday for Thanksgiving day. Jerry always does it right with the, the he always brings the Cowboy girls out, the cheerleaders out this week, next week, they'll be on with Dolly Parton. She is the halftime entertainment next week. Um, the cheerleaders do something called Victory Monday, Dan. And now that the Cowboys are, you know, throw out the Eagles loss, the they're rolling a little bit. Victory Monday with the Cowboys cheerleaders. Don't miss it. I usually lead uh, screen caps on Monday with the Cowboy cheerleaders. You know, one of the great things about the Cowboy cheerleaders is I'm sure their uniforms, if you go back, have changed but they don't seem like they have changed. Does that make sense? Like, I'm sure, you know, but I, I'm, 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 I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure they haven't changed. Let me put it that way. Uh, very little change. It's like the Hooters girls with their costumes. You know, it's like they're still from the 80s, right? But it still works. The Cowboys cheerleaders, probably very small tweaks, but they have kept the brand on a narrow path for so long. It's like, why change it? Stick with it. It's like the Cubs getting rid of Wrigley Field. You don't get rid of Wrigley Field. You keep it because it's what the fans know and they've come to love. I agree. I, I, uh, I agree. I do. Well, Dan, do. it reminds me of, yeah. it reminds me of you guys in Indiana when you would wear those warmups, those uh, candy stripe warmups, right? Like that's tradition. That's Indiana. That's what you're known for. Cowboys cheerleaders, the cowgirl costume. I hated those warm-ups. I felt no. we looked like a fool in those warm-ups. I'm just saying. All I'm saying is I thought we looked stupid, and Indiana should get rid of those pinstripes. That's just wow. me. Uh, wow. Next! Man, what are you going to do? Uh, here uh -oh. we go. Yeah. So this is Victoria... Zadrock, she was a uh, she used to be on Howard Stern a lot, man. And a reader said, You got to get Victoria back into screen caps. She's 50 years old, she's still going hard with the content, she's trying to keep the money flowing in. And I'm like, Okay, let me see what she's up to. I love when the Instagram models suddenly are with elephants, like it's so absurd <laughs> that it's great content. And I'm like, She's in. Instantly, she is in. I love it. Look at that mud bath she's in. And that, that elephant couldn't yeah. be happy. I mean, God bless Victoria. Yeah. She, she got that content. She knows a content angle when she sees one. 
Uh, you know, one of the things that I love is, uh, you know, I, I, I love a mud bath, a 50-year-old in a bikini looking hot and an elephant. Next! Yeah, oh, what a week. Yeah, what a oh, week for boy. San Francisco, Dan. You've been probably following uh, Chairman G or however you say his name. I love you know the Babylon B, they they kicked them off Twitter years ago and they're like, oh, these guys are fake news and all that. Yeah, they are fake news. That's what they 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 specialize in this stuff. And by the way, they are they they nail it like every single time. I love this one. This was a great one. It's just it's like cartoons, right? It's like an it's like an uh, uh, the opinion page cartoons, and they nailed it with this one, uh, Febreze over San Francisco. That is pretty funny. It is really good. I know you got an important meeting at ten forty five. Next, oh, veterans oh, week. I cannot. What are we doing? Huh? Yeah. Yeah, this was for Veterans Week or Veterans Day. Um, Jessica is now out of the military, but she is a uh, she was a photographer in uh, in the in the army, I believe. And these are she has multiple photos of this. This is not AI generated, Dan. This is the real deal. The they would sit out the back of the transport plane and uh, look at the look you know look at the beauty. And this is to support the troops, but I get nervous. I have a very, very, very high level fear of flying. And I get, t weird deal, I get tingling in my thighs when I see that. I don't like it. Next! That must be it. Oh, here we go. Oh, wow. All right, uh, here we go. Hey, Dan, I've been a long-time listener to your show. Recently started reading the Screen Caps articles, and I'll, if you speak to Joe again, I'd love to how he thinks we can beat the team up north. Cheating or not cheating, I have a bad feeling going into this game. Thanks. Love the show. Keep speaking the truth. What do you got, Joe? How they beat Well, up? Dan, they're going to have to stop the run. We know that. They got beat up last year in the second half. Could not stop the run. If they don't stop the run, it's over. That's it, Dan. That's the name of the game. Quarterback's going to have to complete a few passes, not be a giant D-bap. He's going to have to step up and throw the ball down the field. I need to see uh, McCord actually lean into the ball, Dan, shoot some rockets to Marvin Harrison, let him go up and catch him. That's how you beat Michigan. Very simple. Our Mich uh, Urban Meyer told me after being at Michigan-Penn State, this is a very physical team, and Ohio State's going to have to be as physical because this is as physical a Michigan team as he has seen. How about that? Well, that I, who am I to argue with Urban Meyer? Yeah. Nah, nah. Exactly. You are you know the man, and I know you got a meeting. Joe, All right, thanks Dan. for coming on, my friend. Appreciate you. See you. Joe's got to run. Hey, look, Joe has got to run. By the way, you got to like and you've got to subscribe. Look, you, you do. You just got to like and subscribe. That's what I'm telling you to do. I got some emails for you from our listeners as we close out another fantastic week. You know, we had controversy with 24-inch dubs, and we appreciated 24-inch dubs for after, uh, you know, going at all of us here in Colts fandom. 24-inch dub, a Patriots fan living out in Massachusetts, called him, and he apologized. Steve Clemenson, he ain't having it. Hey, 24-inch on the docket show, we respect people who apologize. You humble yourself, show credit to you, but I have to ask you, 
Was that an alcohol-induced rant before the Colorado Colts-Pats game? It sounds like there was something deep in your backside that night. Be glad this isn't Dan's old show because he would have blistered you so bad that you would be still sitting on a block of ice today. Peace to you and keep the Colts-Patriots rivalry alive. We'll all sack up and have a go. That's right, ECO. We, ECI, will sack the hell up and we'll have a go. Everybody needs to have a go once in a while. Sometimes you look at some guy across from you and you just want to punch him in the head. Sometimes you listen to a guy on voicemail and you're just like, you know what, I want to have a go with 24-inch dubs. And it's just time for a go. I don't know. Jeff King from uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Hey, dear Mr. Dockets, let's compare these two horrible acts. Uh, Matt Petgrave swings his skate, slashes Adam Johnson's throat. Result, death. Tony Stewart accelerates his car, fishtailed it towards defenseless Kevin Ward Jr. Result, death. I've watched both of these videos dozens of times. Please explain the difference. Regards, well, I about got sued by Tony Stewart and his people. They went and met with lawyers because I said, look, this looks intentional to me. I'm sorry. I don't have a great memory. I kind of do about the Stewart incident. Tony Stewart got off. I'm not sure why. Maybe there was money involved. There's always a backstory. Now, don't even try it with me, ladies and gentlemen. You know there's always a backstory. And Tony Stewart, I remember I got a call from a friend of mine, an attorney. He goes, hey, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but Tony Stewart may be suing you. I said, good. And what do you want me to do? Same thing when this other guy sued me. I said, good. Let's go. I took a five-day suspension when the other guy tried to sue just because of suspension. They're like, yeah, we know that. But anyway, I, mind, I do not mind being sued. But Tony Stewart's incident is absolutely what you just said. He accelerated. Next thing you know, a kid died. I don't know. They decided not to prosecute, so I'm sure there was no evidence other than the video. In this one here, I got to tell you, man, if I'm Adam Johnson's family, I'm hostile. Look, I understand how I can hurt you playing basketball. I do. And I understand how you can hurt me playing basketball. I do. And there are ways to go about it that the average basketball player would have no clue that I was doing it. I assume there's the same thing in hockey. In fact, I have been told there is. And swinging your skate up high like he did is one of those ways. And it's so unfortunate. Look, I'm not saying Matt Petgrave meant to kill a guy, but he did kill a guy. I wonder in Matt Graves, Pet Graves, heart of hearts, what he really meant to do. That's the bigger question. Did he, in fact, just get flipped by another player and it was a horrible, horrible, horrible mistake? Or did Matt Petgrave know what he was doing, think he was going to cut this guy, make a dirty play? Certainly, I don't think Matt Petgrave wanted to kill him. But look, look that is what happened. We'll see what happens. You know what time it is? I'm looking around. You know what time it is? By the way, did you know, ladies and gentlemen, did you know that the house bet, it is such a house bet, it is named as house bet because we say bet the house on it, period. Just go ahead and bet the house. And by the way, if you want to call us, you Michigan fans are cowards. I've given you the number to call. You can rip me. Maybe my staff didn't want me to hear bad calls. I want to hear bad calls. 929-687-3941 or outkickdockage at gmail.com. We want your bitterness. We want your angry. And feel free over the weekend, 
if you see something crazy or you do something crazy, let us know. You know one thing I like, I can't speak for anybody else, I like a little crazy. I know Dylan does. There's no question about that. Uh, and one of the Knicks went to Cal State uh, full, uh, uh, Loyola Marymount, and he played baseball. And baseball players are the sneaky deviants of our society. The number of things, the number of tasks, weird tasks, that baseball players do on the road is really legendary. From two players having a contest, who is going to flush the toilet on a weekend series? I'm not even getting into that. It's gross. It'll make your stomach turn. Anyway, we want weird. Let's go to some bets. Now, right now, I only have two, but I'm going to give you a third. First, I'm going to take Maryland, and I'm going to buy a point. Not sure why. I might buy two. I'm going to take Maryland at least plus 20, possibly plus 21. I may spend extra money on the juice and take the three touchdowns. Look. Michigan's the better team. Michigan's the more physical team. Michigan seems to have settled in with an interim coach. But I think at some point you're going to lay an egg. You just had a big win, a big-time win over Penn State. Yes, there is no trap game because everybody in that operation knows what they're playing for. They did it last year. They're playing for the college football playoff. How do you get there? Well, you certainly get there by beating Maryland. Lose to Maryland, and that bad boy may be over. However, I don't think Maryland's going to win the game. Maryland is coached by a clown. I mean, look up this guy's record over at, uh, what's his face, at New Mexico, and you'll see it is a clown. All right. So I don't trust Maryland to do anything but lose. But I do think they'll lose within three touchdowns. So I'm probably going to move it, pay the juice, and take them plus 21. The house bet, ladies and gentlemen, It's going to be Iowa. Man, last week my house bet was Iowa minus one at home against Rutgers. They won 22 to nothing. A high-scoring affair in the world of Iowa. This week, I think Illinois stinks. Illinois brought in its backup quarterback, a transfer that couldn't play at Ball State, and against Indiana, he threw for the second most yards in in. Illinois football history. The most yards was from a guy named Dave Wilson in 1980, and it was over 600. Not Dave the King Wilson, you folks in Indianapolis. Dave Wilson. Dave Wilson, under a really, really interesting coach named Mike White at Illinois, threw for over 600 yards in a game. This guy threw for over 430 last week against Indiana. Indiana stinks. I'm just telling you, first game out, you play well. Second game out, not so much. This quarterback's going to struggle. Iowa's playing to go to the Big Ten championship game. I'm taking Iowa as my house bet, and I'm laying three. Now, here's what you got to understand about this. The house bet is eight and two. That's 80%. Made a lot of money on the house bet. Generally, the house bet is a 10% juice. So we've won $800, and we have lost $220 in theory. That's a total net gain of $580. Now, I don't know about you, but I could use $580. It's not quite the sack attack. The sack attack last night, we gave you the Ravens early in the show, and I've been waiting from my boy, Sack Attack Central, to send me anything today that I can give you from Phil, uh, from the sack attack. 
Now, I don't have anything because, well, the guy has a real job. But when I get it, I'll put it out on my Twitter this time. I'll give you one free weekend with the sack attack as long as the sackster says that it's okay. If the sackster says no, all right. Uh, Let me go back to something, Michigan. There is a Fox reporter named Ray Ermani. Ray Ermani is all in on Michigan. Yay, Rock. Go fight, win. He's a Detroit guy. I've told you, don't believe any local media when it comes to Michigan, Michigan State, or really any Big Ten school. At least Big Ten school in a college town. Your Iowa Cities, your Bloomingtons, your West Lafayettes, although they don't really have media. You know what I'm talking about. So Ray Yermetti has been all over. Michigan is being screwed. World against Michigan. Michigan against everyone. Blah, 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 blah. Ray Yermetti says this. As a Michigan alum, I'm pretty disappointed they didn't fight this. I suppose we'll never know why they decided to settle. Based on my text messages, it feels like a once galvanized Michigan is a less galvanized tonight. But I guess the only thing that matters is that the players stay together and finish this thing off. Yeah. I mean, I'll make this very simple. I have a family full of lawyers. I have friends all over the place that have been following this, are in the Big Ten as coaches, and they tell me stuff. Michigan thought they had all the evidence. They did not. Michigan thought they had all the answers. They did not. Michigan thought they were going to go in there and use Harbaugh today as a guy that was going to straighten this entire thing out. It was all a fraud. It was all a shell game. They were lying. They were hoping the Big Ten would back down. They were hoping for a settlement prior to this. Guess what they did not get? A settlement. Guess what did not happen? Nothing. The Big Ten said, here's what we got. What do you say? A lot of people. Here's John U. Bacon. Now, John U. Bacon uh, is a very smug, very nice man who writes books. He's a Michigan professor that my son liked. The contrast between UM's 10-page letter last week, remember when they were so arrogant, the power, confidence, and eagerness to prove its case in court to the settlement with the Big Ten with Michigan accepting the entire three-game suspension is stark. Hard to believe Michigan calculated the facts on the ground have shifted. Yeah, what you're saying, John, and you're trying to say it in a clever way, is Michigan saw the facts. They liked the facts. They couldn't disprove the facts. They couldn't bullshit their way through the facts. And next thing you know, Michigan had to settle. Now, Sam Webb, who's a big old poss, just a poss, says the conference has confirmed that it is not aware of any information suggesting Coach Harbaugh's involvement in the allegations, but does not exonerate his staff in a carefully crafted statement. Unlikely that's an oversight. Here's the deal. Jim Harbaugh decided to take incompetence as a plea. Every person in business, not you Michigan fans that wear your jersey and say it's us against Michigan, not you idiots. No. People that are smart. Michigan alums in business are laughing at Harbaugh. Harbaugh had a choice. He could take, oh, I'm immoral. We cheated. Or he could take, I didn't know. One is immoral. One is incompetent. I've said this before. What did he choose? He chose incompetence. You're a 
fit million, multi-million dollar coach at one of, they keep telling me, America's great institutions. And you're incompetent. Now I want you to think about that again. You chose to say to the world, I'm incompetent. And idiots like Sam Webb are putting their freaking reputations on our coach is incompetent. That's what they're doing. And they're supporting said coach. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know how it's going, but them's the facts. Yes, sinister Jim Harbaugh pleaded ignorance. Another word for ignorance when you are the boss is incompetence. Ladies and gentlemen, them's the berries. That's right. Dems the berries. A lot of you are asking me, Dan, does Indiana have a chance against UConn this weekend? My answer is absolutely. Indiana at some point is going to start playing better. Indiana does not hustle. Indiana does not go after loose balls. Indiana makes baskets occasionally, and that's what Indiana did. So Indiana people, yes, you have a chance against UConn if you can score 90 points. You have a chance against everybody in the country if you can score 90 points. That's just the way it is. Hey, Dan, why don't you give us any of your basketball picks for the weekend? I'm going to tell you why. Because what I looked at, I don't really like. I wanted to like today, I wanted to like St. Louis. St. Louis is getting two against Vermont. But I watched Vermont yesterday in Charleston. Vermont was down to Charleston in Charleston. Guess what? Vermont won. They won going away. I'm not betting against that. I'm trying to make you money. So let's refresh. House pick, Iowa minus three. If you can get it to two and a half, even better. Iowa minus three against Illinois. And then I'm going to take at least 20. Maybe I'm buying two points, 21. I'm taking Maryland plus 21 against cheating Michigan, scumbag Michigan, fraud, Harbaugh University. Hey, I know we had some technical problems to start the show. Thank you all for hanging in there with us. I can't believe the job that my crew does every single day. Our group is as good as any as there is in the country, and you guys uh, behind the scenes are making this show great. Nick and Nick, thank you so much. Joe Kinsey on our staff. The Bet Booker, the Booker Beth, Haley is getting it done, and all of you that got this show on today when I know we had problems back in Nashville. I cannot thank you enough. To all of you that are Indiana fans, good luck this weekend. To all of you that are Michigan fans, good luck this weekend. I hope you all have a great sports weekend. Remember, we'll talk to you again on Monday. Thanks for being here all week. We've had a great week, and it's because of you.